Today we get to talk about the possibility of Kyle Trask replacing Tom Brady should he retire. The Florida Gators at the Senior Bowl this week, and we'll wrap up by talking about the Gators for South Carolina women's basketball game yesterday, only here on Locked on Gators. You are Locked on Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. Happy Monday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can also find all of my written work with Whole9Sports.com. And a little different setup today because we were in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. So this is awesome. I, I'm just going to get right into it. I'm not, I'm not going to be right of Bush. Uh, Tom Brady is possibly retiring. News came out earlier this weekend that he would retire. And then it was like, oh, wait, no, he won't. Uh, so that's still up in the air. But Tom Brady could possibly retire and I mean, he should at this point. Dude's ancient. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last season drafted Kyle Trask in the second round, 64th pick overall from the University of Florida. He was a Heisman finalist when he was with Florida, had an insane story of not even really being recruited because he was backing up Kyler Murray in high school. And then he came to Florida and ultimately, eventually, earned the starting quarterback spot and yeah, led Florida to the SEC championship. That worked out wonderfully as we all know. Uh, but he may now be in line to be the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The, the heir apparent as, I mean, if you want to call him that you can feel free to. And here's the thing with him is that yes, he's similar in the only way He's similar to Tom Brady is that he's a pocket passing quarterback that's supposed to get by with his brain and accuracy and touch and all that fun stuff. But also very similar to Tom Brady is he's not really a quarterback that creates something out of nothing. He's not the quarterback that creates the whole offense really. So you need weapons with you. And right now, you know, Chris Godwin was on the tag. He's an upcoming free agent, possibly. Rob Gronkowski, I doubt, will come back because he's always said that he will only play with Tom Brady. So if Tom Brady is gone, Rob Gronkowski is gone. That leaves Mike Evans and O.J. Howard as your only truly proven options as pass catchers. You've got, you know, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones around there, but up until this year, Leonard Fournette wasn't great as a pass catcher. You've got Tyler Johnson's a good young option. Uh, Jalen Darden, they drafted last year out of North Texas. He's someone I really like, a dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands, but he's still very raw as a route runner and with contested catch abilities, also a little bit thin. And then you got Scotty Miller, who's more of a speedster than anything else. He hasn't really been the type to uh, be a consistent contributor in the offense. He gets around on jet sweeps and, and deep passes, but he hasn't really shown the ability to be a refined route runner. So the the weapons are a little um, questionable in Tampa Bay. The offensive line is fantastic, and that's the that's got to be the biggest positive there. You've got guys like Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, 
and Tristan Worf's really just just locked down the majority of that offensive line. Left side gets a little bit questionable at times, but for the most part, they're very solid, and that's big for someone like Kyle Trask, who, um, despite Dan Mullen's persistence with running quarterback draw isn't the most mobile quarterback out there. So it's great that Kyle Trask would have that protection, the same kind of protection that Tom Brady needs in order to be successful. And like I said, similar to Tom Brady needing those pass catching weapons, Kyle Trask would need that. But in this year's draft, the Buccaneers would really need to address that because yeah, like I said, the offensive line is good. The defense will, the defense will likely be pretty strong, just like they were this past year and the year before with Todd Bowles. But, I mean, corner help and looking at receivers is really a big need if Kyle Trask is going to be the starting quarterback for the Buccaneers. Which, When he was drafted, it was pretty much, you know, he's the heir apparent. He's someone who is as similar to Tom Brady as you'll see in the modern-day quarterback. He's not, not mobile, not going to create rushing yards, not going to extend plays a ton. He's going to need people that can make plays for him and I don't know if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are really set up for success in that way right now. If Tom Brady were to stay or go, I, I don't know if they could make it happen. Really, You got Jason Light as a GM, and he's done a pretty solid job recently. But without Tom Brady, you don't know how good this team really is. So Kyle Trask, I, I love you, man, and I want you to succeed. But uh, it, it's a long road ahead. Don't expect Kyle Trask to just be Tom Brady. Because uh, it, it's a little bit rough for him. Um, and we'll be right back talking about Gators at the Senior Bowl. But first, it's the new year, so that means New Year's resolution time. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, I know usually I get a little flex going on, but I got to hold my microphone today because uh, my boss, you know, he's just like that. Um, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. I'm horrible at keeping my New Year's resolution. I don't know about you guys, but I always have such a sweet tooth. It's the worst thing ever. But luckily for me, Built Bar is already coated in 100% chocolate. Most bars have 130 calories and just four net carbs, which matters more to me, along with 17 grams of protein. Throw out your hidden stashes, the Reese's in the desk drawer, the Kit Kat, the, the coffee in the middle cabinet up top there. Do whatever you want to do. Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors too, so you will never get bored. And if you want the same old thing, just keep getting the same old thing. Then use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at Built or BuiltBar.com. And then now we're going to talk about Gators at the Senior Bowl this year because, like I said, a little bit little bit of a different setup for me today because we are in Mobile covering the Senior Bowl, which starts tomorrow. We pick up credentials today, fun stuff like that. There are three Florida Gators in Mobile for the Senior Bowl this year. All three of them are on the Detroit Lions squad. They are Damian Pierce, Zachary Carter, and Jeremiah Moon. Now, if you don't know, Lions practice, or both teams really, will not be run by their head coach this season, which is a little bit different from the Senior Bowl. Head coaches have stepped into more of an advisory role, and coordinators have also stepped into more of an advisory role this year. So Deuce Staley will be running the Lions practices this week which is big to talk about when you look at Damian Pierce because Deuce Staley is the assistant head coach of the Detroit Lions, and he is the running backs head coach for the Detroit Lions. He's very well-renowned as a running backs coach, and Damian Pierce, of course, running back. So I'm excited to see how a running backs coach for a team that might want a back like Damian Pierce will run practice and really what emphasis he'll put on things because 
they don't really in Detroit, they don't really have a, a running back that can pass protect. They don't have a powerful back you can rely on consistently. You got Jamal Williams, but he's, in my opinion, not great. Um, and he's also dealt with his fair share of injuries. DeAndre Swift has dealt with his fair share of injuries. So Damian Pierce is someone who I think can really step up this week. I know the running backs are just stacked in Mobile, but with Damian Pierce, I think he'll really separate himself as a pass protector, which of course I know a lot of people are like, eh, that doesn't matter that much. It does. There are running backs that don't make it because you're completely useless in pass protection. Um, there are running backs that do make it that are completely useless in pass protection. Saquon. Um, so there's, there's that, but Damian Pierce is someone who I'm fully expecting to step up big time. He's someone who didn't get a lot of carries. You guys all know that because we spent the entire football season this year practically begging Dan Mullen to give him more carries and give him an opportunity to succeed to succeed. And that didn't totally happen because Dan Mullen, if you don't know, was not very good at his job. And so he kind of struggled with doing the parts that would be like, well, that's a smart decision to make. But what I'm more excited to see is on the defensive side, you've got Zachary Carter and Jeremiah Moon. Defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn will not be there. Aaron Glenn is, of course, someone who's from the Saints, has Saints experience, and is out, but he won't be there. The week For this week, the defensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions squad will be the defensive backs coach for the Detroit Lions and the passing game coordinator for the Detroit Lions, Aubrey Pleasant. And Aubrey Pleasant is someone who's worked under you know, Brandon Staley, who is the current Chargers head coach and is just always going for it on fourth down. He's worked under Wade Phillips, who's worked, well, everywhere. And his dad is, of course, Bum Phillips. And th there's that fun stuff to talk about. Uh, but but uh, Aubrey Pleasant is a defensive coordinator who is likely going to have a little bit of fun with things. The Detroit Lions are an offense where or defense where they like to be very versatile. They like to move guys around their defense. They like to make them do different things. You know, you can see an inside linebacker rush the passer from inside, from outside, line up on the edge, do whatever, and do a whole bunch of things. And that works out really well for who's on this roster. And I know that the senior bowl this year is a little bit different, or I believe last year too, is a little bit different than it used to be because it's not North and South anymore. It's American versus National, which means – these teams get a say in who is on their roster, and the Lions coaches had a say in putting Jeremiah Moon and Zachary Carter on their roster for a very specific reason, and that is they like to be they like to work with hybrid defenders. Both Zachary Carter and Jeremiah Moon are hybrid defenders. Zachary Carter, who led the Florida Gators in sacks in the 2020 season, is capable of playing defensive tackle, defensive end, moving along the defensive line. And when you look at a defense like the Detroit Lions, they're going to move players around seemingly endlessly, whether he'll be playing, you know, the, right ahead up on the uh, center, in between the guards, out on the end, wherever it may be, he's going to be moving around very frequently. And Jeremiah Moon is someone who up until this past year was an edge rusher. He was the buck for the Florida Gators, who thinks he's a stand-up pass rusher on the outside. But as of now, he will be playing, in, or as of last year, he started playing inside linebacker. And the Detroit Lions are a place that could really use him both as an inside linebacker and an edge rusher. Uh, they currently have inside linebacker Alex Anzalone on their team, who is a Florida Gator. Had one of the best years of his career. Had a very rough start, but really cleaned things up in pass protection. After the first two weeks, he was on pace to allow almost a thousand yards. He ended up giving up, if I'm not mistaken, less than 300 on the season. Really clean things up once Jamie Collins left. And this defense could use some more linebacker help. 
some more defensive line help, and both of these Gators can address those needs. And the best part is that both of these Gators will fall in range of the Detroit Lions picks. It's not like they're going to be mid-late first-round picks where they won't really have a pick unless they trade up from the Rams pick or they trade down from their pick, which I doubt they'll do. They'll probably take an edge rusher, which also (laughs) addresses the need for both Carter and Moon. But the Detroit Lions, they've shown that they love the trenches, that they want to work in the trenches. And it wouldn't surprise me if either one of these three Florida Gators end up on that roster, of course, being Damian Pierce, Zachary Carter, and Jeremiah Moon. But if there were ever a chance to play your best football, it is right now when you are in front of two coaching staffs that will be in range of taking you at some point in the draft and could impress. And the Florida, and I mean, the Florida Gators have a great opportunity to impress all of the coaching staffs because there are usually 32 NFL, at least scouts here to watch these players, to interview these players, and to get to see them in person. So this is a very promising week for the Florida Gators and their draft process. Anybody else make money this weekend? Because I know I didn't, really. Um, You know, last week I was on a heater. This week, mm, not so much. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, the Florida Gators have really screwed me off. Florida Gators women's basketball. Not they covered their game yesterday, so that's great for me. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost. <clears throat> sorry, first I'm doing this in front of people. Anything you can imagine, it is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, bet online, your online sportsific experts. Make sure to use promo code locked on as L O C K E D, no space O N for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with betonline.ag. To wrap up today's show, we're going to talk about the Florida Gators women's basketball team taking on the South Carolina Gamecocks yesterday. And, um, you know, I, I previewed this on Friday's show, which I usually don't do for a Sunday game or even a Saturday game most times. But I was like, ah, I got a preview. This is, this is the Florida Gators taking on the number one South Carolina Gamecocks. And uh, I was I was pretty optimistic going into it. I was, I was very open about that. Where I was like, you know, I, I trust this team. I, coach, I trust Coach Finley. And going into this game, the Florida Gators were 17 and a half point underdogs. And um. I ain't gonna lie. I, I thought that was that was pretty disrespectful. Um, to to lose by almost twenty would be just just completely demoralizing for a Florida Gators team who, you know, they've gone through so much with Lavender Briggs's injury and transferring and everything that happened with the coach before this and and all these things. But they consistently improved. Like I said, they've consistently improved this season, and they've just completely exceeded expectations for them and uh i I thought that going into the game and then the first quarter happened and um it uh, did not look like they were gonna cover early on because the score at the end of the first quarter hey zach do you know what the score was at the end of the first quarter of the gators game okay uh florida gators were losing 19 to 3 at the end of the first quarter for the women's basketball game. So that was that was really that was really dope. Um the Gators did a solid job of coming back and fighting back, but their offense was just not 
there. They fell. It's, it, it sucks. It was a game where we were like, yeah, the game was going to be great. But uh, they, they, they did a good job of containing Aaliyah Boston offensively, but she still had 19 rebounds, which is big because the Florida Gators as a team had 28. So that was um, a disheartening would be the word. Zia Cook or Zia Cook also got contained offensively. They two combined, the two being Aliyah Boston and Zia Cook, uh, combined for eight for 27 from the field. And that that's fantastic. In any game you look at, if you can hold the two best players, or I guess debatably, the two best players on a team to eight for 27 from shooting, like that's an easy win in 90 five percent of the time but if you look at the rebounding battle that is where things got really really rough for the florida gators uh the florida gators got out rebounded 56 to 28 to the south carolina gamecocks and if you can't if you're not great at math which i'm not either uh that is double south carolina gamecocks had exactly double the number of rebounds that the Florida Gators had. And um, yeah, that, that sucks for a team that, I mean, Faith Dude only played eight minutes. Yikes. Not great. This just was not a good game for the Florida Gators. They've been through a lot. Like I said, this season, they've, they've gone through a lot. They faced a lot of adversity. It's been a little rough at times. They shot 20 for 65 today. And the really, um, I, don't, I don't know if it's disheartening or promising for one player, but Kiki Smith, Kara Smith made 10 of those shots for the Florida Gators. So she made 10 of the total field goals for the Florida Gators. But on the flip side of that, she also attempted 22 shots. So that's something where the Florida Gators have struggled with this season is just consistently shooting. They couldn't shoot inside the arc. They couldn't shoot outside the arc. They weren't getting to the line aggressively enough. It was just one of those days where shots weren't falling and the offense wasn't, they, they just didn't show up. You know, they only turned the ball over 11 times. And that's that's solid for them. You know, you know, usually it's 14, 15, something something around that range. But also this team usually passes the ball very well. And that just was not the case against the South Carolina Gamecocks. And when they did pass the ball well, it it didn't seem to really, you know, sh- shots weren't falling. No matter whether they were open, contested shots, they were not falling even when they were open. It's poor sh- poor shots and just yikes throughout uh the florida gators only had four assists defensively they couldn't they forced a solid number of turnovers it was 21 if i'm not mistaken but they did not capitalize enough of those south carolina had more turnovers than florida gators had made shots so that that's that's a <laughs> that's a pretty rough way to go about a game and the florida gators women's basketball team you know, like, like like i said they've gone through so much with just players leaving and getting hurt and their coach change right before the season, all these things. But this was a game where Florida had a chance to make a statement. They played NC state. who was a top five team earlier in the year and they got demolished and going into this game. Sure. They were expected to lose by 17 and a half and they lost 62 to 50. So they covered, which worked out for me, but covering doesn't really, uh, doesn't, doesn't really help you in, in the real world of women's basketball. So the Florida Gators, they've got to bounce back. They've got to fight back. Their schedule gets a bit easier from here because they don't have to take on number one South Carolina right now. But this was just a game where offensively, no matter who you are playing, you cannot shoot 20 for 65 
get out rebounded by double the amount and think that you have an opportunity to win this game, especially when you're not shutting down the opposition's offense. And sure, you know, you like I said, you held Ali Boston and Zia Cook to eight for 27 from the field, but also they got pretty much every rebound imaginable. They got 67, 66% of the total rebounds in the game. So it's really rough. And one player got 19 of those. It was just a bad game where Florida Gators, you know, you need to improve. It was a solid, solid effort, but I mean, I don't, effort doesn't matter. Your, your wins and losses do at this point. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more about our Florida Gators. For Lockdown Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E. And I any sports, and I will see you all tomorrow.